darkness between the stars comes your voice from the void, a place for conversations on the occult and the esoteric. Thank you for tuning in to this strange signal. Hello everyone from between the stars. This is the strange signal reaching to you on the voice from the void. Today I am joined by my special guest, Kathy Pod. Kathy, how are you doing today? I'm great and how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Please tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, I am a Reiki master teacher, licensed massage therapist, clinical aromatherapist, and herbalist. Uh, I own my own business in Hales Corners, and I've been doing this around 12 years professionally. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a bit. Yeah. Hales Corner, that is in Wisconsin. Yes. So you are on the same side of the void that I am. <laughs> yes, the, the dark void. <laughs> the dark void, yeah. Well, the cold void at this point. Yeah, but exactly. That's better than the hot void, I suppose. True. So, just so the audience is somewhat aware, um, you are the second guest, and it has been actually a little over a month since the first episode in which I had Dr. Deanne Bell on. I thank you for joining me, and hopefully these will be not quite every month going forward, hopefully a little sooner than that. But this is different because the way that I became aware of Kathy as a person was through Instagram, of all things. Yeah. I had won a random drawing for a book, and she made a comment on it. And then we in- talked back and forth via Instagram yeah. and found out that we had some similar interests. So what first drew you to the occult or the esoteric? Um, I mean, obviously, this is going to be one of those winding path things. Uh, They all are. Yes, but I will try to not tell everyone my entire life story. However... (laughs) It could be very entertaining. It it could. Let's see how it goes. (laughs) Um, From a pretty young age, I was surrounded by females in my family that were, I I wouldn't say psychic, but always had that intuitive gift. Um, So growing up around that unspoken knowledge, as far as I can remember... Um, I had very supportive, open parents um, in regards to spirituality, and I was kind of tapped into the fae, the fairy land um, from a very young age as well. And so it kind of drew me into that side. Um, As a teen, I got into reading on natural healing, astrology, that kind of thing, and it carried into my young adulthood. I've always been drawn to symbols and correspondences. In fact, my first degree was in graphic design, and I'm pretty sure that's why. Um, And then I just kind of fell onto this like paganism, magical path for a really long time. And it, (laughs) it was kind of weird because I separated myself in my brain from it. Like, oh, that's not me. I'm just studying it. Right. And, and then after like a decade, I was like, who am I kidding? This is me. <laughs> so um, I think like occult wise, I would say the pinpoint for me was I had a friend that was kind of a mentor at the time um, around 2000. And she said, you should read this book called The Cabalion. Um And once I read that, it was like the light bulb went off for me. And here I am. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I don't know if that answers the question, but it does weird. actually in, in like all good answers to questions. It okay. leaves me more questions. Yes, exactly. The rabbit. <laughs> exactly. Um, so you mentioned that being around, for lack of a better term, wise woman or women's intuition your entire life. Um, and I don't know that you can necessarily speak to that because I think we all have acquaintances, if not in our own family, of these kind of institutional, uh, institutional is probably the wrong word, but almost bloodline and all yeah. pathways. Um, and but when I say institutional, I mean institutional knowledge. So the, the way that your grandmother does, I have to do these certain things to make the biscuits rise kind right. of stuff. Um, so hoodoo, for lack yeah. of a better term. Yeah. But do you want to expand on that? Can you expand on that and give some shape to these family forces? I think so. Uh, my grandmother, my mom's mom, was Sicilian. I think she, even though she was raised Catholic and she would have never equated herself as, you know, a witch right. or anything like that. Um, she always knew what we were thinking and she would say things as we were thinking it. And that was always happening throughout my childhood and into my adulthood. Um, there would be things like what would happen is I would look at something at a store and we didn't live in the same state. So we were not together wow. a lot, you know, so we were far apart. Yeah. Um, and I would find something in the store, like there was one time a necklace that was, it wasn't, it was different. It wasn't like a factory made or anything like that. And I didn't say anything to anyone. I didn't buy it. Two days later, it showed up in the mail from her. Mm. And so it's things like that that would happen over and over. Yeah. Uh, and same with my mom. My mom has always known what we're thinking, which is kind of scary because you're like mom can you stop <laughs> you know? right. uh, and then my sister as well my sister since she before she could even talk knew where there was other forces around I guess you could say mm -hmm. she has still kind of a connection to the other side and so yeah I, I guess I was just I've been surrounded by that for a long time and myself as well, as far as I can remember when I was a toddler, I would say, mommy, blah, 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 this will happen. And then it happened. Right. So it's that bloodline, like you were kind of talking about, I think. Yeah. It sounds like it. It sounds, um, I've heard very similar things from other friends I have of Italian descent. Um, ah, yeah. You know, and you know, so much as, my grandmother would never call herself a witch, but she would always ward off the evil eye and that kind yes. of thing. Yes. Um, exactly. Now, that brought up more questions that made me want to go in a different <laughs> direction, which is yeah. good. When you say the other side, which other side do you mean? Because, I mean, yeah. with and with a lot of occult esoteric terminology, it can have multiple meanings, which is kind of one of the things that makes studying it so hard, but also so fascinating. Because initially, when you say the other side to me, it makes me think of the other side of the veil, the spirits of the dead, that kind of thing. But it could also, since you had mentioned the fae earlier, be more natural spirits or, you know, the gods, little g, yes. that kind of thing. Which, oh, I love which that way you said you... that. I always say little g. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, for my family, I think it is 
more of our ancestors and the dead. Okay. But for me, it was kind of both. And taking that whole side from ancestral kind of led me to have that connection with nature and really seeing what else was there besides the physical, you know? So, yeah. Excellent. Can you... You said you had an experience with the Fae fairly early on. Would you like to expand on that? Uh, sure. It's funny. So the other part of my family is Irish. And I thought it might be when you said <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, And so even as a little kid, I really connected to that. And I noticed early on that there would be things happening in my environment that was tricky quote unquote, um, you know, things moving when they shouldn't have or being misplaced and then reappearing. And even to the point where I'd be sitting and playing. And I remember very clearly at one point having a dress on and I was probably like five or six and it, something jumped underneath my dress on my leg. And it was as real as like maybe a bug. And I thought it was a bug. And I lifted it up and nothing was there. I stood up. There was nothing around. Absolutely nothing. And I I think I looked for probably five, ten minutes. And that's around the time that it clicked that there's something else, you know. Yeah. Um, so then looking back at it, I was like, that was absolutely fairy energy. I could feel it. So that was my first, I would say, that I can remember But then it kept on coming back up into my life over and over, just in different ways, whether it was like people giving me gifts that had fairies on it, or I was very interested in reading about the fae. So it just kept, again, it's that symbolism that keeps reappearing in your life. Mm -hmm. How do you interact with that? Especially when you also have this other side that is Mm -hmm. um, more necrotic in essence so which to me those two don't necessarily go very well together now i know that there are certain fey traditions that blend towards the dark and the morbid and the necrotic but and i won't pretend that i know enough about them to really speak to them on with any intelligence but how do you balance those two because i know um one of the witches i know back from where me and deanne grew up she has a face circle and where she'll leave little offerings and things like that. Do you have such a setup or is there a different sort of relationship there? Yeah, I, I would say when I was a young adult, I had more of a relationship. I, I'm not saying that I've left it, but mm-hmm. there was definitely times I would leave offerings out for them just to kind of be like, Hey, I mean, no ill will if I'm in your space, you know, just right. let me know nicely. <laughs> um, but it's, it is interesting that you talk about that. Like, what is the relationship or is there a relationship with kind of between the dead versus the Fae? And I think the Fae also have a similar world to us where there is life and death together. Mm. Um, and a lot of times... I don't really decipher any differences between those two worlds. I'm not sure if that makes any sense, but for me, everything does connect back together. 
Um, and so when I'm paying attention to the signs that are happening, I don't try to pinpoint it as one thing or the other. Okay. Does that make sense? Uh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm going to attempt to make sense of it. Yeah. Um, so what you're saying is that for you and the science importance, it's the message that is important, not where it's coming from. Exactly. Absolutely. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. That does make a certain amount of sense. Um, so how did then, and for those of you who are listening along, this will not be as long of an interview because Kathy doesn't have the time that <laughs> Deanne and I had to kind of meander through things. So hopefully, um, Kathy will come back on at a later time to get more into things, but um, back on track now. How did this Italo-Irish <laughs> familial connection lead to the Reiki path? Oh, yeah. I am really glad you brought that up because... That's something I have struggled with myself. Um, there truly, there was no connection between those two things. Um, I came across Reiki at a pretty low point in my life um, in 2000. And it really was a journey for me that made me realize that there are healing modalities out there that may not have any rhyme or reason why they work or how they work. But all I know is it made a huge difference in my life. And so I followed that for quite a while. Um, and it's actually why I got into massage, which is kind of weird. I wanted to definitely take all the levels of Reiki. Mm -hmm. um, but then I felt the need to get some education first of the body. And so I ended right. up going to massage goals first. Yeah. And then I didn't even take my first level of Reiki until like four years after I graduated massage school. So, it, well, I know the winding path, you know. Yeah, and, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, and for me, when I say that I, I struggle with this because you know, obviously Reiki is a Japanese tradition. I have absolutely no Japanese in my bloodline, but I was very vigilant in making sure I was taught from a lineage that went directly back to Asui. Um, and to be as cognizant and respectful of their traditions and culture as possible. Um, that's a part of the classes that I teach is to be aware of that and making sure that we're not culturally appropriating anything. Right. Um, I think that is very important, yeah. especially for myself. And I, for those of you who listened to the first episode, do not practice the way I should, but I've always felt kind of a draw to the uh, Vudan Caribbean um, spirituality and it, it is difficult as a white male to not be culturally appropriating that um, and so I try to stay away from that as much as I can so I was glad to hear you say that yeah. um, but now let me take one step back yeah. because we've been throwing this term out here and I'm as guilty of it as you Riki and Sui would you explain what those are in case there's somebody listening oh, to just now? yes absolutely so Reiki is really, well, I should do a flip-flop. Okay. It's, uh, Mikao Isui was the founder of Reiki um, around the 1920s in Japan. So, of course, this energy has been around forever. It's universal energy, basically. It doesn't come from us. It comes through us. And it's everything that lives in any living thing or being. Um 
And so he kind of took this energy and made it into a system that was a little bit more easy to understand for us humans. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's not that it hasn't been around. It's just that he kind of systematically organized it around that time of his life. Um, and so it's used really for healing and stress relief. Uh, many people have used it for pain relief. Mayo Clinic uses it now. Really? So, yeah. Yep. They have it in a department for, I think, mostly their oncology departments. But yeah. it's starting to grow. And up here in Wisconsin, I don't know if Aurora Healthcare is anywhere else. But up here, they actually have their own volunteer department just for Reiki. Which I is, know that there has been a yeah. large movement towards yeah. alternate medicine to help um, pain management and things like that. So it wouldn't surprise me if they have started to incorporate that. Though, like yeah. you, I don't know for sure. Right. It's, um, you know, some doctors are like, no way. And some doctors are totally on board because they see that if it helps, it doesn't really matter <laughs> what right. is, you know, the background. So, so yeah. That's and that makes me wonder, and this is just me pontificating, as I want to do, given the, because the way you describe it sounds very much like to fans of a certain age, Star Wars, and the way the uh -huh. Force is described, and knowing how influenced Lucas was by the samurai and the design of Darth uh -huh. Vader and the, the lightsaber fighting style is very akin to Japanese sword fighting mm -hmm. um, if he didn't appropriate that too right hmm. well anyway. you know it's funny you say that because a lot of times when i talk about reiki i immediately think of the force you know mm -hmm. um and the more i watch the movies i'm like that's totally reiki <laughs> so, yeah. so yes i mean uh it the, gosh, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> it it like. totally is. Yes, you know? totally. Yeah. Um, so, so far, twice during this interview, you have mentioned 2000 as being a very pivotal year. And I, you know, you also said it was a dark time for you. So I don't want to dredge up any uncomfortable memories, but it sounds like you had a spiritual awakening of some sort then, if you would, could talk about that briefly. Absolutely. So I was kind of the young adult at that time in my life. I had just turned 21, 22. Um, I had lived in Florida and I was, I went through a pretty turbulent relationship and I didn't have anyone down there because I wasn't really from there. So I had moved back to Wisconsin to be near my family. And I think when you're down in those trenches emotionally and mentally you it's kind of like whatever energy or whatever is out there in the universe reaches out to you and gives you these gifts sometimes and even though it doesn't feel like a gift at the time it truly is in the end um and i don't you know like reiki came into my life at that time very briefly it was a friend that said i just want to help can i do this and she just gave me a very short session but it made such an impact on me that I felt like I needed to follow it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so from there, it's been a very long journey for me. I mean, 20 years later. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Now, would you say that this person who did this for you, because um, you mentioned 2000, it's also the time that you found the, the lady who kind of initiated you into the occult. Were they the same person or did you yes. just happen to be okay? <laughs> totally. Um, and actually, it's interesting because she had been my best friend since eighth grade. And I had moved all over the United States and I still kept in contact with her. And so she was a great teacher of mine. And unfortunately, that relationship ended a few years ago. I won't even get into that, but um, it wasn't pretty. And it's, it's hard. It was hard for me to reconcile that she had given me so much. And then I was feeling hurt, you know, Um, but it, but the fact is she did give me a lot and I'm thankful for her. And I always feel like some of our teachers aren't always the people we like, (laughs) or some of our teachers are not always the people that we end up with a happy story and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The student teacher relationship is meant for a season, not necessarily for a lifetime in some instances. So, how would you then, because you are balancing these bloodline traditions, again, for lack of a better term, with this calling, or the way you've described it, I'm going to describe it as a calling, you may not agree, um, with the Reiki, how do you then blend those all together? Because do you consider that part of your spiritual practice, or is that something else? Yeah, um, I, that's an excellent question, too, because I feel like right now, and it might be my age because I'm about to turn 42 on this Sunday, actually. Um, well, happy birthday. <laughs> thank you. But I do feel like it's a little bit of a middle age crossroads type of thing I'm going through right now uh, where I'm trying to figure that out. It All of this does combine for me, mm-hmm. but at the same time... Um, it is separate, and I have used Reiki in my ritual practice, but I can also leave it out, if that makes any sense. It can just be what it is, and that's okay. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, I think that makes sense. Because, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that sounds to me like, you know, the, the Reiki for you is, A, it's part of your vocation. Right. And it is the inherent channeling of energies or chi or whatever you want to call it. I don't know what it's called in that that specific practice. That is not necessarily the same thing as whatever it happens to be that is part of your spiritual practice, which I'm sure you can guess my next question. How would you describe your spiritual (laughs) practice? Oh, my Lord. Well, I know I I ask all the difficult questions. Yeah, that's like such the biggest question. So my spiritual practice, and by the way, I'm really sorry if you're hearing any wires, my earbuds are popping out. Um, (laughs) Okay, good. My spiritual practice, I would say right now, I'm really deep into learning planetary magic. Um, I use herbal magic on a daily basis. And actually planetary magic on a daily basis right now. I don't always do, you know, a solid ritual every day. I, that's just not me, although I enjoy it. It's just also not 
part of what my life is doing right now. Sure, it can also be uh, very time consuming. Do what? So that can also be very time consuming. Too. Yes, and that's exactly what it comes down to. If I had the time, I would devote more time to it. Um, but, you know, I will even use it in small ways like what jewelry I wear, what color of clothing I'm wearing, depending on the planetary day, et cetera, et cetera. Um, when I am at my altar, I do incorporate more astrology and planetary magic than most things. Um, but honestly, at the end of the day, a solid, like a majority of it is meditation. Just okay. sitting, you know, um, because if I don't, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's so much going on in life, you know, yeah, that totally. I think it's really important to just be silent. Um, and we don't always do that enough. So I try to do that as part of the important part anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So when you say planetary magic, I immediately think of hermetic magic or Solomonic magic. Is that what you're meaning by it? Or yeah. is it not quite that far? It's getting there. Okay. So, you know, I've picked up the Picatrix, um, and it's pretty heavy reading. So, yeah. and of course we all know like the occult studies are a lifelong study. So it's, a constant learning and um for me a lot of tripping <laughs> like what does that yeah. mean but that's okay i'm okay with that and i'm trying to immerse myself around people that do know a lot about it and mm -hmm. are willing to teach and be patient and so that's sometimes hard to find because obviously a cult uh, population is pretty small as it is but the internet saves us. <laughs> it, it does. It, it does. It can bring us together. It can also yeah. divide us. Um, yeah. That's very interesting. Um, and I actually have some resources I might share with you. Uh, some um, podcasts and stuff that I listen to that I think that deal almost exclusively with the Picatrix and things of that nature, Perfect. which you may be aware of already. Mm -hmm. Um and if I could think of it, um, the name of it off the top of my head, I would just say it on the air. But yeah. I cannot. Um, right. <laughs> <Remember>. <laughs> yeah. There's so many. <laughs> oh, there are. And this is just another another in the cacophony, in the cosmos, as it were. Absolutely. Oh. How did you become drawn to that specific manifestation of the occult? So, are you... I'm assuming you're talking about what we were talking about, like Pikachu. Yeah, the Pikachu. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, so I will just say Caitlin Kopik of Sphere and Sundry is has been probably the biggest inspiration in my learning. And this is just in the last couple of years. Um, I knew I was on that type of path. I just couldn't see at the time, if that makes any sense. Um, it does. Yeah, and she... I came across her through her husband, Austin, but because I already am involved in the herbal world and that type of thing, it was immediately me. I was just drawn to it and getting to know her magical wares and how she has her process has completely mm -hmm. inspired me. Uh, I honestly can't say enough 
about her work. And so I think they've actually been on the podcast. I'm talking about her and her witch bottle. Oh, okay. The, uh, the other one I was thinking of is rune soup. I've actually never listened to that one. I'm aware of it, but I haven't listened to that. one. You would love that, (laughs) but I'll have to listen to the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just amazing. And it honestly, her work is is part of my daily life because I do have a lot of her wares that she has made and they're part of my ritual and they're part of even just my daily life. Mm-hmm. You know, when I go out into the world, there's a lot of her stuff that has helped me through, you know, being a middle-aged woman. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so, well, I mean, you mentioned herbalism already and that you actually practice that and that kind of fits with that. Yeah. So you have like a very... Um, eclectic bag that you're pulling from which I appreciate Um, and then that does lead me though as somebody who studies this in um, a pseudo academic way would you then consider yourself even though you are following rituals and these kinds of things would you consider yourself a chaos magician because you are pulling from so many different traditions oh my gosh that's so funny you say that because i was thinking about that the other day and i so i had read gordon from rune soup his book on chaos magic and it was awesome um and i had never thought of myself that way only because i'm very much a it doesn't seem like it but I'm actually kind of a traditionalist like I really enjoy knowing about those historical parts and once I find something I'm really like latched onto it and I can't see past that a lot of times (laughs) Um, but I do think that I have definitely dipped my toes at the very least into chaos magic Um, just kind of naturally if that makes any sense but yeah. yeah, I kind of think we all have, at least uh, yeah. those of us who, who much like yourself are self-taught to any extent. I mean, it's one thing if you get into, you know, um, oh gosh, the golden dawn or something like yes. that and are following those strictures all the way through. And it's very structured. And that is what you follow until you decide to leave the order or advance all the way. Right. Um, but if you are, and I don't know, I know you said you were originally from Wisconsin, but even though I live here now, I don't pretend to know that much about the state. But yeah. I come from a very small, insular community. So yeah. anything that I got would not have been complete. Like, I've read some Crowley, um, and I, too, am attracted to that, the Picatrix and everything. Yeah. I love the ritual, the pageantry, yes. because it gives me a focus. Yes. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I buy into all of it, because there are other things that yeah. I have gravitated towards and bring to the table. Exactly. And I don't think people should ignore those those things that resonate with you and that are already naturally within you. Um, so yeah, I, I totally see where you're at. Um, I struggle with that because, and only probably astrology people are going to get this, but <laughs> my Saturn is conjunct to my Leo rising and it makes for very hard, not hard, but it, it's difficult for me because I am a creative, but I'm also constantly pulled back into this like focused circle. 
you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a little difficult sometimes, but I don't know. I'd have it no other way. So. And now I know why you were so mad that I won that book, the 36 races. Ah, <laughs> I was so jealous. That's yeah. Cause that's exactly how we met on mm-hmm. Instagram. Cause I thought, are you kidding? The one person that won this is in my city. Really? Yes. <laughs> I still need to rate it. I'm, I'm, I know, I know totally. it's I, like re-releasing, but yeah, I need to read it. <laughs> well, I do too. I, I want it and I'm very happy to have it, but Good. I must admit that it is um, in my library. It's just a little further down on the reading list than on the list. it probably deserves. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so... I find it very interesting, especially your use of astrology, because I don't know that many people who really do that. I know some. Do you? And this is a second. So I'm going to ask a tangential question to the tangential question I was going to ask. Sure. That's how my mind is working today. Yeah. Um, do you incorporate numerology? Because to me, those two things seem very. They're not exactly the same thing, but they're parallel lines. Right. So I don't. Although um, it numerology fascinates me, but I have actually not gone down that learning rabbit hole that much, um, which is kind of, it's surprising to some people because they're like, but you're so into astrology. I'm like, I know, but give me yeah. one thing at a time. Sure. <laughs> it's just, you know, when you think about the degrees and the angles and everything, right. it just the numbers. And as a, um, someone who is trained as a historian, numbers, all numerical things are, are similar to me. Right. Even though they're really not. Um, but the other thing, did you come at that through divination? So some of the people I know who do tarot, and tarot is the ubiquitous thing that almost everybody I know who does any kind of fortune telling uses. Um, do you, did you come through it via that path or through something else? <laughs> so that's the funny thing. I do use tarot uh, regularly, but I am still, after all these years, learning to remember everything. I could not give you a like sit down reading if you asked me to. Right. Um, I love it, but that's actually my best friend's kind of area. Hmm. She's really great at that and feeling the cards. But so anyways, no is the answer. I it it's strange because I know the time that astrology popped up for me for the first time was when I was about 14. Um, and I remember reading a couple books and going, this is fascinating and completely, it was like somebody had held a mirror up to me for the first time and mm-hmm. said, look, at this is who you are. Um, when I was reading about my Aquarian son, you know? And so that was kind of the first time, but it's just followed me through the rest of my adult life. Um, and about seven years ago, I finally was like, you know what? I got to get serious about this because I I believe it. It's everything that has happened has come true, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two years ago, I actually, after many years of trying to find someone, I signed on with a mentor. Um, she's local in our area. And she was looking for a student to pass her knowledge down. She's been doing astrology for 40 years. And it was just like at the perfect time for both of us. And I, I feel like it's this blessing in my life because truly like she is this amazing mentor for me. Um, 
And so anyways, I've been studying with her for the last two years and by myself as well. And I plan on taking Austin Copics um, Foundations Astrology courses soon when he mm-hmm. releases those. So, yes. no. <laughs> It's a very long answer. <laughs> it didn't come from divination. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, but I've always been drawn to it. So. Oh. Well, I might have to get you to do a star chart or something for me at some point. Absolutely. A, that is Well, and that is something that I've never had done. Um, oh. I don't really know that many people who are that into it that, that really do it. I mean, some of them will tell you, you know, which zodiac is rising or falling and that kind of thing, but not to any um, great extent yet. Yeah, absolutely. I I love it. It's fascinating to me um, because there's so many moving parts of an astrology chart uh, that it's actually helped me understand myself and my loved ones. So a lot of times when I've gone back to like my loved ones charts, I'm like, oh, this is why they do this. And then you, it's like, I, I, that sounds terrible, but I, I really do have this new light for people when I see it and I go, oh my gosh, okay, it makes sense. And I can understand it, you know? So it's fascinating to me. All of it is, so. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So you said that your sister had had a experience with stuff across the veil did you did you have a um, experience with ghosts or the liturgy gods at some point in, in your past yeah so i've always felt them i definitely don't have the i would say gift that she has like she can hear them she can oh. talk to them so she's like a medium uh, absolutely she I, I don't know that she would actually admit that she is but yeah well I mean, you know, <laughs> right. But she definitely has a talent for it. Um, and I can feel things more than hear things. Um, one of the ways they come across to me is <laughs> I have sleep hallucinations. Um, and that can turn into some very interesting things when it comes to kind of across the veil you know um for a long time i just chalked it up to oh it's just my sleep hallucinations it's nothing but after a while after i was recording what i was experiencing they were starting to make sense and it was starting to be people and things that were messages for me and so that's really how i have um, experienced it I I don't know I <laughs> I actually grew up mostly in the South and you did uh, you're from Kentucky right Yeah I'm from Kentucky um but <laughs> but <laughs> well it's just okay uh, for the m- most of my life I did live in Kentucky um but uh, for a span in my early life for the first 10 years of my life, let me put it that way. During that time, I lived in Minnesota, Louisiana, Tennessee, California, and Nevada. Oh, my Kentucky. Okay, so you were all over kind of like Yeah, me. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the reason I bring this up is just there is something very different about the South than mm-hmm. up here. Um, there is really old energy down there, and 
between my mom, my sister and me, and even sometimes I know probably, you know, I'm not going to leave out my brother either, but, um, all of us felt things very differently when we lived in the South than up yeah. here. Uh, I, I would agree with that because, yeah. and, and not that I have like really gone seeking it. I'm sure there are places here where you can feel oh. that energy if, if I were to, to bother, right. but I mean, there are places that I've lived in the South that mm. you couldn't convince me weren't haunted, no matter what you did. Um, right. And I, and in a lot of ways, and it kind of makes sense because not that the country itself doesn't have a whole lot of unresolved sin for what yeah. we've done to native populations, but the South also, because of the the legacy and the brutality of slavery, yes. on top of the, you know, trail of tears and everything else. Does have a whole lot of negative energy there. Yep, I completely agree. That's that's really where I felt it the most, um, especially in my teenage years. And I had gone back to Georgia, where I went to high school, a few years what, ago. What part of Georgia? Um, I was in Kennesaw. So near Kennesaw Mountain, you know, Civil War. Oh, crap, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Well, you guys thought there were some standing stones in, around Kennesaw Mountain? I or is that... think so, or maybe it's a different area. I... It might be, I don't know. Yeah. My GR on that might be off. Right. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's okay. But I went back a few years ago, and it had been quite a few years that I had been there. And I, I mean, I don't want to say it was a bad experience, but I definitely had a really hard time with the energies there. And it was um, even a little bit of panic inducing at some time, like some of the points. Um, and it was very particular areas um, when I went down there and I just felt it more than even when I lived there. And yeah. I thought, wow, is it just cause I'm more open? I don't know, but yeah, there's definitely a lot like you said, there's a lot of history there. And yeah. so I think there's more energy and activity probably. Well, I would say that, um, and again, I'm no <laughs> authority on it, but I think places remember us. Yes. And remember our energies. And, and we can go back to them. And part of it, I do think, is just the, the layperson. You know, you've changed, so nothing ever seems the same. But, you know... We are walking meat suits that can, with a generating magnetic and electrical field, so we are generating energy. And I think that sometimes the the energy of areas no longer fits us. So but there's something that's changed. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Well, this has been a very fascinating and, and all over the place conversation. I know that seems like my life. So I really appreciate you entertaining me with that. <laughs> Well, it's been my pleasure. Um, you know, because your time is short, I think we're going to go ahead and end this conversation here while there's still more stuff for us to talk about. Hopefully you can come back on at a later date. Um, but do you want to plug your businesses here? I would love to, and I appreciate that. Um, so my main business is Pure Wellness. PureWellnessWI.com is the web addressed. Um, you can book appointments and things like that, but also all of my classes, you can register there as well. Um, I'm also, I carry a 
herbal aroma magical line called the Astrothecary. And Ooh, that's a great name. I love thanks. That I made it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that also has a place you can visit the astrothecary.com and i'll give that to you later so you can yeah please yes and both of these links so that i can put them in the show notes yeah and then the last one i do want to talk about although i will say it's not updated a ton but Mm. we my best friend and i have a Facebook call, uh, Facebook page called Witches and Witches First, which is a play <laughs> on words from um, Portlandia, if you've mm-hmm. ever watched that. <laughs> I have not, but I've heard good things. Okay. So it's really just a lot of humor, witchy memes, which I feel like we all need humor in our lives. And so um, if anybody's interested in just getting a laugh anytime, we're Witches and Witches First. So. Awesome. Yeah, so that's we'll it. Have to check that out. Yeah. Well, well, thank you. Oh, and with these lines, do you sell altar supplements or things of that nature? Or is it more um, a herbal line? So, like herbal supplements, you mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. Um, as much as I would love to get into that, that is a whole FDA approval, thousand dollar process. <laughs> it seems um, like you've checked into it. Then. Yes, um, I have. And actually, someone I know who has an amazing apothecary in Milwaukee, Tippy Canoe Herbs. Um, yeah, he basically said it was a full-time job just trying to set up the commercial kitchen and go through FDA processes and stuff. And not that I don't think it's important and don't want to do that, but I already have this full-time gig <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no sense putting another full-time job on top of it. It really is. So not right now, but hopefully in the future. So, yeah. Okay. Well, again, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me.